Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today's guest is a wife, mother, birth worker, artist, writer, actress, certified birth doula, Reiki practitioner, yoga instructor, hypnobirthing childbirth educator, herbalism apprentice, co-creator of the birth meditation program, Mind Plus Breath Plus Body, and <laughs> she and her husband started a business making and selling vaginal steam stools and herbal steaming blends. She's no stranger to the program. Nicole Sessions, when do you sleep? Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank you just you. came from a birth. I did. And, I did. And you have more energy than I do. Yeah, well. You look like a freshly charged Tesla, and I feel like I have one battery left, one bar <laughs> on my phone. I know there's sleep in my future. Maybe that's why. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And also, we talked for one second about the birth high. Yeah. But yeah. you had it, but the birth was over. I had it, yeah. And you know what? It's like I saw the mom today. And it's one of those things where I, I saw her again and I was like, oh, this is so good. Mm. She was glowing. And, you know, this is her third baby. She had the baby at home. She had two previous hospital births. And her oldest son caught the baby in the water. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so this is a home birth? Oh. Yeah. 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 It was incredible. And I've had a crazy year of not the best outcomes. And mm. so ending because I'm going to be taking some time off. This is a great way to end my so year. My son is a pitcher. Whenever we go in the backyard and he's practicing <laughs> pitching, we'll say, let's do 50 pitches. Or yeah. three. But he always says the last one has to be a good one. Otherwise, right. you you know, yeah. more pitches. I like that. It's like, what is that management style? It's like positive, negative, positive. Yes. Always end it on a good note. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, today, we're going to talk about vaginal steaming, which I've heard about in passing, but I really learned about it from you. And uh, since I learned more about it from you, I've exposed a bunch of our clients to it, and they love you. Yay. And your products. Yeah. So um, before we get into vaginal steaming, let's talk for a minute about your background. I yeah. could have gone on longer. Yeah, it's a little obnoxious. I think like my family is, is a hilarious family. My mom's email signature is like MD, MPH, MBA. <laughs> it's over the top. Yeah, I just so, put alphabet. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot going on. Um, where, how did it all start? Where, did you, where are you from originally? I grew up here. Here in Los Angeles? Yeah, oh. one of the few natives. Wow. Did you leave and come back? I left. I went to undergrad at Berkeley, and I stayed up there for a couple years. What did you study at Berkeley? 
I studied mass communications, which okay. was like by default. My family is like very academic, and I wanted to be an actor. So I said, Mom, I'm going to go to Berkeley and study acting. And she was like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so I, I kind of minored in it. And I say kind of because I did all of the classes except for stagecraft. And I was like, I don't need to know how to build a stage. This is silly. So I did Shakespeare. I did speech. I did you know scene study. And then I stayed up there for a couple of years, and I moved back down here, and I kind of went for it. I joined the union. I started doing commercials, a little TV. I would say you look familiar, but I'm face mine. That's true. <laughs> but you sound familiar. I know your voice. I know your energy. I'm placing you. Luckily, I get to be around your energy. Aw. When did you sort of, because, I mean, acting and birth work are, are, you know, although now I'm seeing more of them together. There are a lot more. And it's this funny thing where I, I'm noticing I have some peers that are doing both. And it's like, how do you market yourself? You know, it's like, our clients going to be like, are you going to be on set while I'm giving birth? Mm -hmm. And so some people really integrate it and they're like very forthcoming about it. And I'm more just like, you know, I work two to three times a year acting wise. And so the chances of the overlap happening are very few and it's never happened, knocking on wood. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's an interesting thing. But yeah, they don't really overlap. I would say, I feel like parenting being a parent overlaps much more. Yeah, that's not just two times a year. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, I feel like that's what makes me a good doula is being, you know, a parent. So I think your question was like, how? Like, how are they related? So I... Well, sort of how did you foray from one to the other? Yeah. So I had a baby. Oh, that's what happens yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I had a baby and it was amazing and wonderful. And um, I felt super supported and I thought, wow, I couldn't have done this without my midwife and my doula. And my midwife's student midwife, whatever she's called, the teacher, the assistant. So it sounds so, like you were kind of more earthy, holistic about birth from the very beginning. I was. Where did that come from? Were well, your parents like that? or No, no. Oh, my God. I was just like on all the medication, on all the antibiotics growing up. Growing up, you had a, the, yeah. the cabinet with yeah, the cure yeah. for everything. Yeah, and we'll come back to this, but I remember like going through puberty when I first got my period. I was like pounding Motrin and Advil, like... And I try not to really touch that stuff now. Yeah. Um, so my background really is super medical. Like my mom's an anesthesiologist. My sister's a pediatrician. My mom's twin sister's an OB-GYN. So oh, it's wow. like very medical. How did I get here? I think when I came of age, I just kind of like switched paths. I felt like more drawn to natural, holistic things. and How do all the medical people in your world feel about that? Uh, Not so much? It's funky, you know? It's funky because I think they respect me, but they also are, like, scared for me in a way. You know, it's like... A I, lost soul? Yeah, like I mean, I just one. think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm just very different from the rest of my family. I see that. Um, I'm and still think, waiting for puberty to hit. Right. Oh, God. Thanks. Really? <laughs> Maybe I need some some herbal right? steaming or, or something. Or you need some antibiotics. I think yeah. that's what makes it go faster. Um, yeah. So, you know, my family is definitely, they're respectful. And I think after having a home birth and an out-of-hospital birth, that really helped them to be like, okay, you know, we're going to respect her choices and we may not agree with it, but they definitely are much more on board. Sounds like one of those houses where it's more comfortable to talk about politics. Oh, God. Mm. That's also <laughs> not a good subject. So... <laughs> You keep, it just sounds like you have so many tools in your holistic tool belt with the meditation yeah. and the hypnosis and the doula work, the yeah. childbirth education and herbalism. Mm-hmm. So is herbalism what led to steaming? Uh, I, herbalism came second. Second? Yeah. To herbalism came, yeah, it came after. Um, I, I actually have graduated from that program. and um, Congrats. Thank you. Yeah. So steaming came because after I had my second baby, 
my cycles became very wonky. They're just like all over the place, 22 days, 35 days, 29 days, 37 days. And previously, both on birth control and off birth control, they were 28 days. It mm. was like totally to the T, totally predictable. So and as so, soon as you got it back after having your first kid, mm, it was? It was fine, yeah. So I had my first, and I got my period maybe six or seven months postpartum, and it was 28 days, no issues. And then? And then after my second, you know, I was slightly older. I was 36, I guess, 35, mm-hmm. and they were super wonky. And, I, mm. you know, I didn't want to get on birth control to regulate them because that's a whole other subject that I don't know that we have time to get into. But um, I didn't want to suppress my hormones. I knew that they were wonky, as I like to say, but I didn't want to put that Band-Aid over them. Mm -hmm. So I did some research and steaming popped up and I was like, oh, I'll try this. This sounds super interesting. And within two months, my cycle went from wonky to 28 days. Wow. Yeah. And by two months, I don't mean steaming every day. I mean, I steamed maybe four times in each month. When were you first exposed to the concept of steaming? When I Googled it, <laughs> postpartum with my second. Yeah, when I was looking for something other than, you know, orthotricycline to regulate my... Oh, just an alternative to yeah. regulating your cycle yeah. and steaming yeah. popped up. Yeah, and, you know, I asked I asked my gynecologist, who I adore. I love him. I think he's like 82. Ooh. He's amazing. And I know a lot of women are like, oh, I'm not that into male gynecologists. He's so lovely. Um, he, he also went to Berkeley. Does he deliver still babies? No, or just no, not for a long time. Yeah. No, he's just so wonderful. He doesn't rush. He's like, just takes his time. And he's like, you're crunchy. And I respect that. And I'm going <laughs> to listen to what you have to say. He's so wonderful. So I brought that to his attention. And he was just like, well, you know, we can put you on the pill. You should be on the pill because you can still make babies and you don't want to make babies right now. And I said, yeah, I'm not into that, Dr. Margolin. And he's like, okay, well, that's what I have to offer. And so that's when I started Googling and researching, and I found steaming. Steaming um, for regulating your cycle, but mm-hmm. not for the other benefits of the pill. Uh, which benefits do you mean? I don't know. Because because with the pill, the, the pill doesn't just regulate your cycle. It's also meant to prevent birth or right. pregnancy. So, yeah, that's a great question, and here's why. So when my cycle is regular meaning it's 28 days. I can tell when I'm ovulating. I can feel it. I'm one of those like hypersensitive people that can feel it. Hmm. And I ovulate day 14 when I'm in a 28-day cycle. So I know when to use protection. So it's, you know, natural family planning. Can and you feel which side is I ovulating? can, and I wow. track it. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. I, I ovulated like four days ago on the right. And I always, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling something funky right there. And then I go into my app and I'm like, oh, it's day 14. Hmm. So, yeah, pretty cool. So by regulating your cycle, you can sort of naturally. Plan around. Plan around. Yeah. And avoid conception when you're not ready for one. Exactly. Oh, that's pretty cool. So let's jump right into the to the idea of steaming. I mean, that's that's how you used it originally. Mm -hmm. Um, I've used it for other things, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what else can you do with steaming? And then we'll get into the mechanics <laughs> of how it all works. Yeah. So I originally used it to regulate my cycle. That worked, I think I said, in about two months. Uh, I also started to have pain during ovulation, which can be a sign that you have cysts on your ovaries. Whoa. So yeah. when you feel ovulation, it's not painful? Because you said you, you can tell Usually when you're ovulating. Usually it's a sensation. So like a twinge. Not a painful twinge, but a twinge that I'm aware of, if that makes sense. For the like a whole 24-hour? No, 
well, sometimes I have pain and that's when I'm steaming for what I, I imagine. Again, I haven't gotten an ultrasound and confirmed that there's an actual cyst on my ovary, but from my training and from working from an intuitive space, I feel like there's something going on. So if I have just that sensation I described to me, that's just like a normal ovulation. And, you know, I might feel like that twinge or just a sensation or a presence or like a heaviness for you know, six hours, something like that, maybe oh, 12. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then if there's like a pain, and that was why I started steaming for it, or that was another reason that I started steaming, I would steam day 13, 14, and 15. And after, I think, two months, the pain went away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And is it the same herbs that you use for these different things? Right. So the herbs are really interesting. There's two reasons. The main action of the steaming that provides results really is the heat and the water, which create the steam. And then the steam creates circulation. The herbs themselves have all kinds of different properties, right? They can be cooling, they can be heating, they can be nourishing. And you create, well, I create steam blends, hopefully, that have all of these different properties depending on what people need. So you could steam, honestly, without herbs. You could steam with just water and have results and have benefits. The plants really just elevate the experience. So if someone is postpartum, I would do white sage because it's cleansing and lavender because it's soothing. I would do stinging nettle because it's nourishing. Um, are those things based on how they smell or based These on are the properties feel? of the plants. But yeah. are, you, are you getting those benefits from smelling them or are you getting them from contact with them through, contact. The, steam, through yeah. the steam? Yeah, contact with this, through the steam. So the plants have essential oils, and the idea is that the steam penetrates the vaginal wall and it goes even higher. So it can go up into the uterus and cleanse the uterus. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, how many herbs are there? Endless. <laughs> Endless number of herbs. Endless, yeah. Like, so does that become daunting to, to, to really learn how to use them? both individually and in blends? Yeah, I think, you know, if somebody was just wanting to start out and they wanted to make their own steam blends, I would say work with a plant that you know. Like if you have mint in your backyard, mint is a great uh, plant to steam with. Um, it's cleansing. It's super refreshing. It smells amazing. And um, if you wanted to experiment with other things, you know, you could Google it. There's plenty of blogs and information out there. But yeah, I think... When I'm doing the blends, it's because I went through training. I studied with Steamy Chick. Um, Steamy Chick? Yeah, yeah. You she can't has just a, gloss over that. She What's has, oh, I'd love to tell you about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Kelly Garza, and uh, she is currently training people to teach people to steam. And um, she started, I think, about six years ago, maybe seven years ago. And Kelly has a really awesome system of how to put together herb blends. Uh, she teaches people, you know, how to steam for themselves and then also how to be a practitioner so that they can provide steams for other people. Oh, wow. Steamy yeah. chicken. Yeah. So what's really cool is... Because I, I was going to start one called Steamy Dude, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of picture Maybe like not. a smelly guy, like, yeah, you know, <laughs> in a trash can. What's that Sesame <laughs> Oscar, Street character Oscar guy? Oscar the steamer? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> the grouchy steamer. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I love just like experimenting at home. I'll just throw things together, like working intuitively, a plant that I've been drinking for what, for example, there's a plant called holy basil hmm. or tulsi. It's a, in the mint family. And that's a plant that I worked with when I was in my apprenticeship. And I drank this plant. And I thought, 
it would be really cool to steam with it. And I did, and it was lovely. It was wonderful. So, or Do you have to worry about impurities in the, in the herbs and right. getting certain quality herbs? Yeah. So I would recommend people getting herbs from Mountain Rose Herbs or a trusted brick-and-mortar store that they know. Mountain Rose um, is online? Yeah, it's online. And Amazon is usually fine, too. There's Star West. There's Frontier. These are you know providers of plants. The, I would think like maybe mold or something, you know, would be mm. the biggest concern or getting a product that was mislabeled and you had an allergy. So, for example, if you're like allergic to, you know, Mexican marigold and it How'd says you know? that it's calendula. Yeah. <laughs> I just had a feeling. I was like, mm, <laughs> you're looking kind of like. <laughs> Are there herbs that don't go together? Like never mix this one with that one? Yeah, I would say that's more so like if you're ingesting. I think when you're steaming, it's pretty safe. Mm -hmm. And I think that most people are using like common household herbs. So one of the people that I credit with my knowledge for this uh, practice is a woman named Rosita Arvigo. And she's just an amazing healer. And she's based in South America in Belize. She took this practice, this Mayan practice of steaming, and kind of spread it and made it more commonly known. And she uses oregano, basil, rosemary, like culinary herbs, right? Mm. So I think if people are starting there and they're not like starting with some herb that's like blue cohosh or something that's like supposed to start contractions during labor. Right. Maybe then... only start with the things that you're comfortable having exactly. on your pasta. Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really good guideline. Oh, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Steamy dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you mentioned regulating cycles, mm -hmm. uh, painful cycles. Are there other things that steaming would be helpful for? Yeah. So I would say like whenever I'm just, you know, having conversation at a cocktail party, like, <laughs> I go to those so often with a four and a six year old. Yeah. But whenever I'm getting to know people and the conversation comes up, like so many women have painful periods. I just have cramps and we're all told it's part of being a woman. You know, take some Advil, get on the pill. And we're not actually meant to have cramps during our period. Hmm. So what I call or some people call a perfect period or a period that's a healthy period is a really a better way to frame it is bleeding for four days, starting with fresh red blood, ending with fresh red blood and painless, no pain, no cramps. Hmm. Most women are like, I'm bleeding for seven, eight days. It's very heavy. And I'm like knocked out for a couple days. That's not how it's supposed to be. So steaming, for most people, most people report that within a couple months, they are bleeding only four days and they're having painless periods. Hmm. So one thing I really want, I want to say really quickly is we're also told that like starting with brown discharge or brown blood is normal. It's not normal. That's old blood. And it's a sign that the uterus isn't cleansing itself properly every month. Hello, steam. So mm -hmm. steam comes and it cleans the uterus out and you see the results usually within one to three months. You can see that you're starting with red blood and ending with red blood, which means that you're getting a full uterine cleanse. Okay. After our break, I want to get into the mechanics of how okay. that's done. Yeah. Um, are there other specific things that people use steaming for? Sure. Um, trying to conceive. So, you know, a few months before you're trying to conceive, it would be great to steam several times a month, really, to get the circulation increased in the uterus so that it is cleaning itself out in preparation for implantation. Um, fibroids, uterine fibroids, gross, um, cysts. People have actually had to cancel surgeries for their fibroid removal, uh, having used steam. And, you know, if it's a super ginormous fibroid, it might not work. But if it's in the beginning stages, you know, you can shrink fibroids and they pass through and it 
It looks not so pretty, mm-hmm. but the steam can shrink and pass fibroids. Oh, wow. Yeah. So cysts, fibroids, painful periods. Uh, what else? <laughs> like uh, BV, bacterial vaginosis, uh, HPV. There's been a couple of cases of people healing HPV, which is like That's wild. amazing. Yeah. Some of the herbs have antimicrobial, antibacterial, antiviral properties. And so, you know you're making me think about GBS. <laughs> right. <gasps> Elliot, what? Yeah. Whoa. Well, you can't steam while you're pregnant. Oh, you can't. You I was can't wondering steam. about that. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So but here. But you could steam before you get pregnant. I mean, just not that that'll help you at the end per se, but. No, but here's what I'm thinking. This is like, okay, this is like, warning, warning. I am not, <laughs> I'm not condoning steaming. We're just thinking steaming. out loud. <laughs> yes. We're just like spitballing. I'm not condoning steaming while pregnant. There are some people, however, who steam right before they go into labor. How do you know and when so, you're about to go into labor? Well, like, you know. You're, you mean in the last weeks of pregnancy? Yeah, yeah. You're like 41 weeks or whatever, and you're like, I just had a couple contractions in an hour. So I guess my point is I wonder if at that point, if you were GBS positive and you steamed steam. with a certain blend, if you mm. could kill the bacteria. Hey, well, I'm all up for a study. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get so much funding, I'm sure. Before you into a break, what is the contraindication? Why can't you steam during pregnancy? Uh, steaming softens and opens the oh, cervix. That would do and it. We need to keep that sucker closed. Right. Yeah. But that would mean maybe after 37 weeks, that's no longer a contraindication. Right. right. It could be. Yeah. We don't know if that sucker opens up. In fact, people are like, what can you do to get that sucker Right. I know. Up? They're like all the things. Acupuncture. Go see Dr. Berlin. Steam. Right. Get this Some baby Some people out. would rather steam than have a spicy salad. I'm sure. And a lot of people would rather steam than... Other things that are recommended at the end of pregnancy to get the baby out. So true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. uh, Queen of Steam, Nicole Sessions. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back on the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and we're continuing our chat with Queen of Steam, Nicole Sessions. All right. (laughs) You had one thing else you wanted to talk about as a reason, an indication for steaming. Because it feels really good and it's super relaxing. Self-care is like this crazy over-the-top buzzword right now, and I think that it's warranted and needed. 
But steaming feels really good. And the steam can stimulate the vagus nerve, which releases oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason mm-hmm. maybe to steam. steam. To, yeah. Well, you don't steam before 37 right. weeks, but perhaps right. yeah. not recommending I feel yet. like we're, we're like uncovering some new we're ground here. here. This is yeah. exciting. But uh, where I was going with this is steaming is not just for people of, of childbearing age. So after menopause, women report lots of vaginal dryness. Steaming is a great lubricator. So I highly recommend people who are experiencing vaginal dryness, which could be postpartum, which could be postmenopause, during menopause, as a practice for relaxation and then like pre-sex as well. Pre-sex? Yeah. Like earlier steam. that day or like right, right before? Right before sex. Mm-hmm. Do men steam? Men can steam. Tell me more about that. It's called an A-steam. An A-steam? It's like an upside-down V with a little (laughs) thing going across. It sure is. (laughs) Yeah, it's an A-steam. So men can steam. Um, But women can A-steam also. Is that part of the gold? You just steam the whole neighborhood? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the setup. If you're using like a bowl, uh, how big the opening of the steam chair you're using is. We're going to talk about that in a second. yeah, Yeah, so you probably are steaming both if you have a bigger opening. On your steamer apparatus. <laughs> yeah, we should clarify. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but otherwise, then you could steam front or steam back. Yeah, but um, it's it's pretty much all getting. What would be the benefit for a man to a steam? Right. So it's lubricating, it's cleansing, and purifying. Um, if you have hemorrhoids, mm. you know. Yeah, these are all reasons. It sounds like if you have hemorrhoids, it would be painful. Well, mean? you know, once you get them under control, mm-hmm. like once the hemorrhoids back in. You steam, yeah. and it's bringing circulation to the tissue uh-huh. and healing that tissue. Hmm. Are there other things you can steam, or is that just about the— Besides uh, your face and your um, undercarriage? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's yeah. like a, the car going through, yeah. the undercarriage wash. <laughs> um, let's talk about practicality. I mean, would you say that before sex, both partners should steam? Yeah, they could. Yeah. I had never thought about that. Usually it's, you know, mostly women. But, yeah, a man could steam before. Yeah. Or both male partners or both female yeah, partners? Yeah, or, all of the above. But if it's if it's a guy-girl partnership, then, um, I mean, it just seems a little more lead into because you're like right before sex. It just seems right, like if they're doing like, together, it's like a little. Yeah, okay, I should clarify. So, like, I'll use my own life as an example. If I'm, you know, the kids are down and I'm going to steam that night, like, I'll steam while we're watching a show. My husband and I are watching a show. It's not like... For play. Hold on, honey. Hold Let on, me get the yoni thrown and I'm going to steam. <laughs> Let me cook up some while herbs. While you rub my shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it could be like that. It totally could be like that. It could be date night. Yeah. Especially if you haven't done it before. Yeah. It seems like interesting and curious. Yeah. Absolutely. As long as you don't burn anything, which brings us to my next point. Yes. How do you steam? Yeah. So steaming is very simple. You take uh, fresh water. You put it on the stove. You add your herbs. You bring Just them to a boil. Water? Uh, I would use like purified filtered water. Just because of where it's headed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I'm like, I'm just a little weirded out by tap water in general. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 Uh, you bring that all to a boil and then you turn it to low, low, low and cover it and let it steep for, you know, 10 minutes. It's okay if it's 20 minutes. It's okay if it's five minutes. It so you're be. like, you're, you're boiling the oils and essences out of the herbs? Yeah, but you you put a lid on it to maintain that to okay. keep the essential oils, the volatile oils. But it's like getting out of the mm-hmm. out of the herb into exactly. the water. Yeah, and we're using dried or fresh herbs. Mm-hmm. So if you have plants in your house, I think it's really special to 
you know, go into your garden, get the mint, get the lavender, get the rosemary. It's so neat to grow your own plants if you could and then steam with them. I love, I love the that. world you live in. I think most people don't have their own little garden. <laughs> no, but some people, My many people like can grow sneakers. like a basil, like a pot basil, right, in their house. Yeah, you can. Anywhere there's I'm just saying, but they probably don't. Yeah, yeah, they probably don't, and they should. Yeah. No, do, I mean, you, the way you're talking about it, I want to go out to Mallorca and do that. but I'd... And A-steam? No, just even have the herbs, even yeah. just to eat, you know, for eating fresh herbs. Yeah, this is a new thing, you know. Like I told you, I did not grow up this way. I mean, we grew tomatoes and we grew strawberries, but this is like a whole new, a whole you, new. You have world like an herb garden at your home. I do. We I have an it. herb garden. We have grapefruit trees, lemons, avocados, peach. My husband really wants to start. I don't like to say the word commune, but that's basically what it is. Hmm. Um, many homes, buildings on a plot of land and grow our own food and have people we love around. And, you know, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon. He's an actor. There's, so. this, there's this total side tangent. Do there's it. this company called Community Gardens. Yeah. Have you heard of them? Uh-uh. They, like, encourage growing gardens, especially in communities like uh, lower income communities yeah. that need more vegetation and things like that. So they give them seeds for different kinds of peppers. Oh, cool. And then they grow peppers, and then they buy them back, community gardens buy them back, and they make hot sauces out of them. I love that. I know. And where did they sell the hot sauces? Oh, I'm sure you can get them online. Okay. This is very cool. And, you know, I'm, like, all about I saw it on the hot ones. Do you ever watch the hot ones on YouTube? It's like they take like all these different celebrities and other people and they they have 10 different hot sauces and wings Mm -hmm. and they just do an interview while they're eating. And are they crying while they're... Oh, but (laughs) not everybody makes it to 10. Yeah. No, I wouldn't last a second. Yeah. Such a lightweight. I know. I'm like, I see the one pepper lit up out of five and I'm like... "Eh, Already like crying and sweating. I cry from ketchup. Yeah. Basically. I'm I'm wimpy. (laughs) All right, back to steaming. Yes. <laughs> so um, you cook up all the, the herbs in, and you yes. let them seep. Yeah, you steep. Steep, not <laughs> seep. Yeah, they're not really seeping. Add a, <laughs> add a tea in there. <laughs> so they're steeping. And then depending on your setup, I use the Yoni throne, of course, because that's what my husband made me. Um, your husband built you a throne? Yeah. So he's like this wild Jesus-like carpenter with no training. He just mm. intuitively builds amazing things out of wood. He's just a handy guy. Wow. Um, and so I kind of like drew what I wanted, and he made this beautiful, beautiful seat. And it's in the shape of a triangle, which, you know, for me represents the sacral chakra. So that's oh, the area the between the yeah the belly button and the... Uh, root chakra. Um, so that's like all of our reproductive organs. So it has some beautiful symbology there. Anyways, you take your pot of herbs. If you're not using um, a steam stool, you can sit over a bowl and you just want to check the temperature. So this is like the biggest side effect or risk, right, is burning yourself. Mm-hmm. So you check it just like you would check a baby's bottle, just like you would check a hot pot on a stove. You would, just by touching the side of You or? would put your hand over the steam or your wrist, mm-hmm. the inside of your wrist. And if it's too hot, then don't sit. Not ready yet. Yeah. And I just now I just kind of like start to sit down over it. And I'm like, oh, that's too hot. And I pop mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend everybody doing that because yeah, it might take you a, a second right, <laughs> to hop off. As limber as you are. So. <laughs> right. You're a quick hopper. Yes. Um, But wait a second. What about those little, because they have like for the baby bottle and things like that, or for the bath, right? They have those little 
duckies that you put in there? Right. So you could totally use that. You could use a, a, a meat thermometer or yeah. any kind of thermometer. Um, but you do want it to be hot enough that steam is coming up because that's the whole point. That's how it works. So, uh, yes. Yeah, is, is there an ideal temperature? I've never measured it. You just do it by touch. Yeah. And I feel like it's different for everybody. Okay. Right? So once it's not too hot. <laughs> right. But still, Let's be really vague here. But still fairly warm. <laughs> once it's safely warm. Yeah. I, it, like, I like to say pleasant. It should feel pleasant. Okay. Yeah. So once it's pleasantly warm, you squat over your pot or you sit over your yoni throne or whatever setup you're using and you cover up from the waist down. The only... Uh, exception to that would be if you like live in Arizona and it's 115 degrees, then don't cover up. We don't want the body to overheat. Some of you the traditional cover healers up from the waist down. Yeah, to trap the steam and also to keep the body warm. Oh, so you're you're you're, ex- you're kind of exposed over the steam. Oh yeah, take your clothes off. Forgot clothes to say off. that okay, word. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to disrobe from the waist down, right? Because the steam wouldn't be able to penetrate to jeans or underwear or yeah. anything like that. So disrobe. And do you want to put like a light blanket or shawl around your waist, again, unless you are in a hot climate? Or if you are, like if you tend towards dryness, like dry hair, brittle uh, brittle nails, dry skin, that's uh, that's showing me that your body is dry. And so you, you don't want to increase the heat. So when you wrap up, you're, you're like trapping more heat in the mm-hmm. body. And then Sounds like a, a nice of, thing to do kind of on an almost cool night. Totally. Out, and at night. Like, so that's on the porch. Yeah. I have done it outside in the front yard. I felt very oh. like, oh, God, is someone going to see me? <laughs> yeah. Call the police. Neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Well, I made sure they couldn't see me. Um, but it was such a beautiful experience, right, to just be outside and steaming and be in nature. Like our front yard is very, yes, it's very tree-filled. <laughs> <laughs> With your triangle-shaped throne. Yes. So socks, um, a lot of traditional healers really believe in, you know, keeping the body warm. And um, the positive benefits that happen when you do that. So keeping socks on is, you know, I like to have socks on my feet. Do you guys ever make a double throne for couples? No. That's cool, though. I love this. We have, like, the date night foreplay double throne going on. (laughs) Sure. And also, I think a a little herb kit with, like, a description of what each of the herbs does. Yeah. So, like, you know, you can iron chef the herbs. (laughs) I love it. Make Make a game out of it. Yes. Very cool. So if you don't have the throne, you're kind of squatting because you can sit on the throne. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like it would be a lot more comfortable to yeah. just relax your body sitting on the throne. And there's a there's an opening and your herb jar, like a mason jar with your yeah. herbs in it, is underneath there yeah. steaming through. Exactly. But if you don't have that, you just kind of squat over it. You could or? squat over a pot. And I also tell people um, if they have an old chair or a beach chair like from CVS oh. or go to Goodwill and take – either cut a hole. If it's a beach chair, cut a hole out of the beach chair with scissors or remove the layer of the seat from an old chair and mm-hmm. then you have a steam chair. Mm. Yeah, I mean, our our thrones are not cheap. They're priced like according to how much effort goes into making them. Um, and he uses really beautiful wood, so it's not you know it's not a you know cheap thing. And so I always tell people like, here's other ways to do it. You could use a squatty potty. You could get mm. that little stool and sit over that. So, can you ship the throne? Yeah, we ship anywhere. It. Yeah. Okay. Well, not anywhere. We could ship it to. We could ship it overseas. It would just be like crazy bananas expensive, expensive yeah. but. But in the um, U.S. You in the ship, U.S. Huh? we ship them. Mm-hmm. And um, you also sell the herbs? We sell the herbs. Mm-hmm. Do you grow the herbs? 
Um, so. I grow herbs, but I don't sell the herbs that I grow, okay. just as a liability. And thing. do you, you sell individual herbs or, or blends or both? Blends. So I have a blend for postpartum moms. I have a blend for people who are having like an active infection, like a yeast infection. It can be really great for those. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, I have a blend for people who have short cycles. So um, some of the herbs can induce bleeding. And you don't want to use that if you have a cycle that's like 21, 22, 23 days long. What about people who have no cycles? Yeah, so they would want to use herbs called amenagogues. Those are herbs that make you bleed. Of course, we would want to look at the other like underlying issues of why you're not bleeding, right? There's probably something going on. Um, but yeah, you could definitely use herbs that would make you bleed. Something like angelica would definitely, hopefully, induce some bleeding. I mean, I have this thought swirling through my head about early miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes you're just waiting for it to pass. Yeah. Um, or maybe afterwards. I mean, it, I'm just thinking out loud. It's... Yeah, no, you're like, I, we're so on the same wavelength. I'm loving this. So the original use of steaming, like this is a practice that's thousands of years old. The original use was postpartum. So it wasn't, you know, I have a yeast infection or my cycle's wonky. It was postpartum. So... There, I have my little list because I never remember. The steaming is found in Turkey, Latvia, Sweden, Britain, Italy, Germany, Romania, Haiti, Jamaica, Trinidad, Tobago, Hawaii, Babylonia. So this is like ancient times. We have to make a song. It's <laughs> Babylonia. <laughs> it's thousands of years old. And the, the uh, primary use was postpartum steaming. Mm. Um, and that was to clear the lochia. So What's I tried that. So lochia is the afterbirth, right? It's the blood that remains in the uterus and women often bleed for four or five six weeks after they give birth what's wild is when you steam after you have a baby it clears the lochia so you're not wearing a pad for a month mm. it clears it right away so like in a day or two yeah you'll see the the blood will come out yeah it will come out oh. like it might fall into the mason jar how soon after you have the baby can you do that you could steam. Some people steam immediately. I think that the comfort level, especially when I'm working with clients, like people are kind of like, ooh. So my clients will sometimes wait like a week or two weeks, but there are people who steam the same day or the next day. You wow. just want to make sure that the uterine artery is closed, that you're not having like active, active, super active bleeding. Is it different the, with the cesarean birth? Uh, you want to wait. You want to wait till the stitches are healed. Mm -hmm. So I say like six weeks. Okay. Yeah. So I know that Someone posted on her very popular Instagram page a picture of her steaming <laughs> outside. Yeah. And her feedback was, I mean, she's hilarious to begin with, but her feedback her. Uh, yeah, was pretty good. Uh, but then all of a sudden there was, it became like this news story about is steaming good for you or bad for you? Right. What would be the downside of steaming? Why, why would people in the medical community be nervous about it? There's like so many ways to answer this question, so I'm going to try to be concise. I mentioned like the downside for steaming is, or the main risk is getting burned. Another risk is having an allergy to a plant and you didn't know that was there, so you could have an allergic reaction. Um, but that could be true with any essential oil anything. or anything yep. else. Yep. Um, it could make your cycle come early, right? Because the, some of the, the herbs uh, make you bleed, and so it can make your cycle come Postpartum, early. Postpartum, meaning your At cycle any come point. early? Any cycle come At early. At any point, mm-hmm. So those are kind of the things that could happen. And some people might experience um, feeling dizzy or feeling dry. Like it can be dehydrating in a way. So I often encourage people to have water before, during, and after. So that's kind of part one. Part two is 
I think that like I'm saying like you can steam and get rid of a yeast infection. Mm -hmm. You can steam and regulate your cycle. So when you look at the medical establishment and how they might react to someone saying, try this alternative method, that's threatening. You know, that's threatening, even if they're not acknowledging the power of this modality. And so I think it's very easy to attack it and say, like, that's crazy. Like, Gwyneth Paltrow's nuts and Chrissy Teigen's nuts. Why would they do that? It's not safe. It's Teigen. Well, shut your face hole. Are you didn't you see her post about that? Stop it. How yeah. am I the last person to know that? Well, she said it's Teigen, you know. Like Tiger? Yeah. But, but since everybody says Teigen, she's not going to correct it anymore. She's going with Teigen. What? You say potato. Tigen, I say Tigen. potato. Okay, I'm I I am in solidarity with I'm the so pronunciation of her name, and I will stop <laughs> saying it incorrectly. And it's legend. <laughs> it's what? Legend. What is that? John. Stop no, I'm just it. Kidding. No. It's... You mean Juan? Yeah. Juan Legend. Joan Legend. But it is Tigen, technically. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, my point is, I think that it's threatening when someone is uh, saying that there's an alternative, right? And when you look at the articles of, like, the doctor comments, it's written in small print, like, this doctor actually has zero experience with steaming. But they're Mm -hmm. talking about it as an authority and saying, A, it's unsafe, or B, it's unwise, or it doesn't work. And they actually have no idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. One of the comments that struck me the most was a doctor who said, first of all, the vagina is a self-cleaning organ, number one, and it's disempowering for you to steam. And I was like, I think it's disempowering for you to tell a woman what to do with her vagina. Right. And I think it's actually the opposite. And this is why I'm so fired up about steaming. It is a way to have body sovereignty, right? Like I'm healing my cycle. I'm healing a yeast infection. I'm caring for myself postpartum with uh, something that I'm doing myself. Like I'm in control. And so that's empowering is all get out. That's the opposite of disempowering. And and I get what she's saying. Like maybe she's saying it's that whole idea like, oh, vaginas are funky or they smell bad or they're dirty. Like that's not at all what we're saying. Right. We are allowing people to have a form of self-care that's soothing and that works and that isn't like a pill, you know, or surgery. Because really, what is my, what is my gynecologist offering me? They're offering me birth control or they're offering me surgery. And this is like a low-cost, beautiful self-care way to take care of yourself. And Sounds like, fantastic. Yeah. And I send people too, and they really love it. So mm, a lot okay. of times they're just like, hey, I'm going to try it and see how it goes. Yeah. And then they fall in love with it. Yeah. So. Well, we've run out of steam. No. Uh, oh, <laughs> thank you very much. I was waiting for it. You were? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yay. Uh, where can we find you online? You can find me at yonithrone.me for our website and uh, on Instagram yonithrone I'm also the sweet yogini mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram you sure are uh, oh what, is, what does yoni mean yoni is a Sanskrit word for vagina so, so vagina vulva all the lady parts okay Sanskrit. do you have a difference thrown for dudes no but I feel like you're opening the market there I I'm know. like we need to make That's, a throne uh, for guys opening the market is a way to play it <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. We're going to find you at yonithrown.com. Thanks. Dot me. Oh, dot me? Yeah. Oh, that's... Someone gonna... stole it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yonithrown.me. But if you actually... I, I always just search Yonithrown. Yeah. And, and it should pop up. up. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Nicole, thanks a million for being here. I can't wait to have you back again for another fun and exciting topic. And at home, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you have a topic you want to discuss, and we're getting a lot of suggestions, and they're great suggestions. We're getting through them as fast as we can. Write to us at info at informedpregnancy.com.
This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike. Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. <laughs> 